And now on Radio 4, a change of programme. What you've been listening to has finished, and so Radioactive is about to begin. And this week we join them for their by-election special, coming to you live from the Thodding Town Hall. Yes, indeed, just six years after the last by-election here, it's time for another Thodding by-election. <laughs> And with us here in the Thodding Town Hall, where the votes are still being counted, as I literally speak, are Radioactive's political pundit, Martin Brown, who should know uh, all about elections, as the other disc jockeys on Radioactive recently held one, to decide whether he should stay on the staff or not. <laughs> also with us are Oivin Vinstrom, our Norwegian colleague, who will be uh, comparing by-elections in the United Kingdom with Norwegian goat's milk cheese. <laughs> and finally, Anna Dapter, who will be eating the goat's milk cheese and anything else she can get her hands on. And also with us is our chairman, Sir Norman Tonsil, who is, of course, standing in the election himself for the free enterprise, bring back the rack and send home all those with a touch of the tar brush in them, Democratic Party. <laughs> but uh, now I understand we've already had the first result of our exit polls in, so uh, for what that tells us in general terms, let's join Mike Channel. Hello, Mike. Hi, Mike. Well, the uh, first result of our exit poll is from Mrs Eileen Simpkin of Thodding, who said that she voted Conservative. So, taking that as our premise, if that, <laughs> if that trend is reflected in the rest of the constituency, <laughs> uh, it would mean a landslide victory for the Tories, with none of the other parties getting any votes at all. <laughs> and on a national scale, a majority for the Conservative Party at the next general election of some 650 seats to none, <laughs> uh, which, if we project this into the future, would last forever. <laughs> Great, thanks, Mike. <laughs> well, uh, that's our computer's prediction uh, on the basis of Mrs. Eileen Simpkins' vote this morning, <laughs> which I understand, in fact, went to the SDP anyway. <laughs> David Owen, Jeffrey Howe, and Tony Benn, Mrs. Margaret Thatcher, Will Neil Kinner catch Can David Steele match you won't find out tonight because this is only a by-election special. Yes, indeed, and in the uh, few minutes we have left before the result comes in, we'll be taking a special radioactive look at unemployment. Unemployment. <laughs> housing. Housing. <laughs> the Sunday trading bill. Sunday trading bill. And the problems of race relations in the inner cities following the riots in Tottenham and Bristol. <laughs> Now in the studio is Sir Hugh uh, Jason, Conservative MP for Tring, uh, Ray Yardley, Hello. Shadow Minister for Agriculture and Bananas, and Labour Member for Braddle, and Linda Bland, SDP Member for Cumley. Sir Hugh, how do you react to the computer predictions so far which puts your candidate Christopher Whitfield in front? Uh, well, if I were Christopher, I would not have opened a bottle of champagne yet, but mm -hmm. I'd have a very good bottle of chilled wine standing by. <laughs> a good claret, hmm? Not really, no, as chilled claret would taste disgusting. Uh, <laughs> quite, but do you feel confident that it will be a Tory landslide? Well, it's, uh, it's one thing to say that it will be a landslide, it's quite another thing to say that it won't. Yes, that's true enough. <laughs> Linda Bland, how do you react to the predictions? Well, you know, it's all too easy to forget that the Liberals... No, I'm sorry, I've forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, Ray Yardley, then, what do you think of the computer predictions which uh, put Labour behind with 4.5%? Well, obviously, you can't take these polls seriously. I mean, they're badly researched, Mike, hastily compiled and usually wildly inaccurate. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry, it's actually 45%, uh, so that would mean you're ahead. 
Yes, well, as I was saying, there are an excellent guidelines how things are going, and it's not trustworthy. Sir Hugh, how do you feel? Well, I'm fine with slight stuff, or nothing really. Um, about the election. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> well, you know, uh, sometimes it's not a bad idea to stop and think. <laughs> Good, well, just while you're doing that, uh, let's go over and join Mike Channel, who's out on the street talking to some voters. Uh, excuse me, madam, can I ask you how you voted today? Uh, yes, I put a cross against the candidate I liked best. Yes, thank you, <laughs> uh, uh, um, uh, If I could just have a word with a gentleman who's sitting on a fence here. Uh, excuse me, sir, who did you vote for today? Labour. Any reason? No, just so your joke wouldn't work, really. Oh. <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir, I'm asking people how they voted today. Oh, yes, how's it going, then? Fine. Good. No, I want... <laughs> Um, excuse me, uh, can I ask you how you voted? Uh, yes, I voted Tory. Why was that? Uh, well, I'm very rich and I don't want to give up any of my money. Uh, yes, seems reasonable enough. Um, <laughs> can I ask you who you voted for? Uh, yes, I voted Tory because I believe in the abolition of the public school system, the removal of nuclear weapons from Britain, and the renationalisations of the state industries that have been hived off to private enterprise. Well, I think you'll find that's Labour Party policy, in fact. Is it? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, several people, of course, are ineligible to vote. Uh, prisoners, members of the House of Lords, and certified lunatics. And one of them is with me now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you are, of course, a member of the House of Lords. Uh, if, you'd, uh, if you'd been allowed to vote, who would you have gone for? Uh, well, uh, whoever was committed to dealing with the menace of these giant cucumbers which are wandering around the country doing our two damage to the treacle crop. The SDP. That's correct. Voting mm. by election The distinctive campaigning sound there of uh, the Conservative candidate Christopher Whitfield, who is now here in the studio with me. <laughs> yes, I, I don't think you need the megaphone in the studio, actually. We have microphones. Hello. Hello. And no need to shout, actually. <laughs> now, Mr. Whitfield, do you think if you're elected, you'll be able to fulfil all your promises? Oh, yes, I think so. Yes, you don't have to be that quiet either. I notice that you've promised to reduce people's rates and make sure that repairs are done in their houses. Yes. And you've promised that you will personally do little jobs around the house, do the washing up, and take the dog down the park. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some people have said that you will simply not be able to do all this while doing the laundry for the rest of the constituents. <laughs> How do you answer that? by-election coming up any minute, we understand, but first a special radioactive feature on the history of the thodding community. Thodding has seen many changes. Today it's a bustling market town in the middle of Gloucestershire, but only a few years ago it was a sleepy harbour in Cornwall. <laughs> Twenty years ago, there were fields all around the outskirts of the town. Today, there are factories on the outskirts, while the centre of the town is all fields. <laughs> Traditionally, sodding has been a somewhat old-fashioned, almost reactionary in its politics. It remains, for instance, the only constituency this decade to have lynched its Member of Parliament on suspicion of sheep rustling. <laughs> and it has often been out of step with the rest of Britain. As in 1944, when, in a controversial wartime by-election... It's a 
They elected Adolf Hitler as their member of parliament. In 1950, they again bucked the national trend and returned a Labour candidate, saying they didn't think much of him and could they please have another one. <laughs> in 1956, Sir Ronald Gregory stood on the platform of law and order, and in the next election, he stood on a platform of cardboard boxes. <laughs> as a result of which, he was forced to retire. And then Thoddy became involved in a scandal. John Stonewall, their MP, disappeared after embezzling the contents of a guide dog for the blind. <laughs> and his clothes were found on a beach in Devon. Later, of course, he turned up in Australia, where he was arrested for wandering around Melbourne without any clothes on. <laughs> With the arrival of television, the electorate became more aware of what was going on, and several people saw Harold Macmillan in their living rooms for the very first time. Later, of course, Macmillan was to buy his own set. <laughs> It was in the by-election of 1959 that the cameras first came to Thodding. Still, a feverish sense of activity all around me here. Everybody eagerly working on the count. Excuse me, my man, what are your duties exactly here on this momentous day? I'm a clatterer. A clatterer? Yes, mum. I'm playing to clatter loudly and make sure that we all sound busy for the folk from the BBC when they come down. Yeah, thank you, Josh. <laughs> Responsible for the ballot boxes here. Uh, Your Worship. And these marvellous boxes are just ordinary boxes, are they? Yep, just ordinary boxes, metal boxes. Metal? Ah, now that is very important, I would guess. Nope. <laughs> no? I would guess wrong in that case. So, you must, I'm sure, have some entertaining and risible stories about these boxes? Nope. <laughs> no. No. Well, this is Dorothy Dumberbridge for the BBC returning you to Come Dancing. So all the eyes of the country are focused here, and I know many people are thinking that if what the men and women are sodding are doing tonight is repeated across the country, then we're in for a lot of prosecutions under the Sexual Offences Act. <laughs> well, uh, time to go over now to the platform where the result is about to be announced by the returning officer whose name I hear over my headphones is Fill-In, apparently. Phil... F oh, me, Fill-In, right. <laughs> uh, Christopher Whitfield is still with us. And, uh, hello, Chris. Uh, I'd like to put you, if I may, some of the in-depth questions which our listeners most wanted to know. Uh, certainly. OK, yes. well, the first question comes from Jane in Edgware. Hi, Jane. And uh, she'd also like to say hi to all her mates in Stanmore Sixth Form College. That's Kathy, Hannah, Beryl the Peril, Slug, Polly from Peckham. Hi, Polly. I was down Peckham only the other week doing a disco, and they gave me a great reception. Can you get on with the questions, please? OK, sorry. Right, uh, Jane would like to know, are you ticklish? I don't know, I'm afraid. You it's, don't know? Uh, Mr. Whitfield, I hardly think that answer is going to satisfy Jane. I'm sorry, I'm not prepared to waste my time answering silly infantile questions like that. Well, all right. Um, Andy of Kirby would like to know, Mr. Whitfield, uh, what are you going to do about the constant rise in unemployment and the general sense of despair that your government has caused amongst young people? Uh, now I come to think of it, Jane, I am ticklish, yes. <laughs> it's time for of automation, choosing the right microcomputer can mean the difference between success and failure. 
Only one microcomputer guarantees the fully streamlined office systems that will take your business straight into the 21st century. Wong. Wong is the one you must choose. Why? Because only Wong microcomputers go binky, bonky, binky. Isn't that wonderful? Here it comes again. Any computer which makes that noise must be worth £15,999 plus VAT. So if you know bog all about computers, choose the one that makes the best noise. Wong, the only one with binky, bonky, binky. If you are voting in a local by-election, select the candidate you wish to vote for. Mark a cross in the box next to his name and put your voting slip in the box marked voting slips. Don't mark a cross on the walls of the polling station. (laughs) Write the name of your chosen candidate on your forehead and take your voting slip out of the building and hand it to the nearest policeman. That was a mind-bogglingly obvious public information announcement. Mm-hmm. Well, there are uh, over 25 different parties standing in this election, um, including the Little Cottage Restaurant, open 12.30 to 2.30, 7.30 to 11 o'clock, must book Fridays and Saturdays, not open on Sundays party. <laughs> I think there might just be an element of advertising there. But uh, let's turn now to a look at the uh, Labour candidate. Uh, Ray Yardley, do you think your candidate has been handicapped by his name at all? No, I don't think there's any problem with a good working-class name like Bert Tup. Mm, no. Uh, but there is a problem with driving around in a van shouting, Beat up your Labour candidate. <laughs> Especially since a lot of people seem to have taken him up on the offer. He's now in intensive care and unable to be with us tonight. Um, now, Ray, it has also been said that Bert is something of an extremist. Well, let me tell you right now that Bert is not a member of Militant. No, they wouldn't let him in, would they? <laughs> I mean, if you just uh, look at some of the things he's been campaigning for here in Thodding, uh, the immediate execution of the royal family, the abolition of the colour blue, and a closed shop agreement, whereby all the shops in the area will be closed and replaced by one enormous government-run store which will sell only potatoes. Now, look, you shouldn't believe everything you read, you know. Well, I read this in his campaign booklet. Entertainers have turned up here. Billy Connolly turned out for Labour, John Cleese turned out for the Alliance, and Giles Brandreth turned up, but nobody wanted him. <laughs> and the Conservatives, after being unable to find a comedian willing to publicly support them, turned instead to Bernard Manning. Uh, yeah, there was this uh, stupid Irish guy with big knockers, and she went up to this smelly packy and said... Uh, Unfortunately, that was as far as he got in his address to a group of Irish feminists at an Indian restaurant. <laughs> Well, I gather that the result of the election is at long last still undecided, so instead let's have a word with the SDP candidate, David Whittle. Hello. David, tell me, do you think it has hampered you not living in the constituency? No, not at all. But the Seychelles, I mean, yes. do you feel that you can adequately represent your constituents from there? I mean, you couldn't even find the place until three days before the election. <laughs> well, um, you know, I think the voters of, um, of, um... Thodding. Thodding. <laughs> Uh, respect the fact that I'm someone who can perhaps take a wider perspective on their problems and put them into the context of events in the Indian Ocean. In the interest of 
of political balance, let's hear for the fifth time today our special feature on our own chairman, Sir Norman Tonsil. Sir Norman Tonsil decided to stand at the thodding by-election as an independent, as he felt the Conservative Party policies to be rather too left-wing. An orator of no means stature, Sir Norman sees himself as a politician in the Churchillian mould. I have nothing to offer you. I have nothing to offer you. <laughs> Nor does he lack the courage of his convictions when faced with opposition. Uh, obviously, the problem of housing concerns me greatly. Now, what are you going to do about it? Can you be quiet, please? I'm making a speech. Now, I have a number of proposals. Oh, yeah? Can you keep quiet? I'm talking. I have a number oh, of... Tell us something new. ...proposals which I would seek to... <laughs> Sir Norman's public relations work has been tireless. Sympathising with local workers, making promises to local housewives and buying large gifts for local businessmen. Good day, madam. And uh, who's this in your delightful pram? What's the little chappy's name? I trust you'll be voting for me, Sir Norman Tonsil, on Tuesday? Oh, no, I always vote Conservative, me. Oh, uh, really? Oh, yes, couldn't change. Oh, well, I mustn't keep you. You'll doubtless have to return him to the zoo by five o'clock. <laughs> Good afternoon, sir. I trust I can count on your vote on Tuesday? Oh, yes, most certainly, yes. And why will you be voting for me? Um, because I'm employed by you, and... <laughs> You threatened to sack me if I don't. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. In fact, I'll probably sack you anyway, Martin. Now you've given me the idea. Excuse me, uh, I trust I can count on your vote? You're a lunatic, bigoted fascist! Yes, so I trust I can count on your vote? <laughs> but many have seen the biggest obstacle in the way of Sir Norman winning tonight's by-election to be the niggling worry of his entire manifesto and all the policies he's put forward. Let me say my first priority will be to get the unemployment figures down. No one likes seeing them displayed in public, so I shall be getting them down as soon as I'm elected. Uh, secondly, I'm not, as is being rumoured, in favour of amassing a huge arsenal of nuclear weapons. I'm, in fact, all for getting rid of them. Uh, half of them over Moscow and the rest over the Arab chappies. <laughs> so join my party today. I understand we can now go over to the returning officer, but it would be a complete waste of time apparently as the results still not decided. Mike. What? <laughs> oh, uh, thanks a lot, Anna. Um, uh, well, if I can just ask the panel here, uh, do you think that the result of this by-election will be representative of the country as a whole? Oh, um, oh good Lord. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, for heaven's sake, well, we've got no heavens above. Uh, well, many thanks to Sir Hugh for that short prayer. Um, let me rephrase a completely different question then. Uh, why is it people seem to be veering away from voting Tory? Uh, Ray Yardley. It is quite clear that the results of this by-election will undoubtedly reflect the country's attitude toward the government's appalling record on unemployment, which... Look, I'm sorry, I can't sit here and listen to this. Why not? Well, this chair is incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> Get up, then. Look, I'm sorry, but we've heard all this before from the government time and time again. Linda Bland, SD. Yes, I know who I am, thank you. The fact is, you cannot say that the unemployment figures will have no bearing on tonight's result. The unemployment figures will have no bearing on tonight's result. Oh, well, maybe you can. But the attitude of the government is nevertheless selfish, bigoted and narrow-minded. This is simply not true. Oh, damn. <laughs> what is that 
absolutely vital to remember is the damage that my right honourable friend and his party have inflicted on the working classes of this country through their mindless, incompetent, utterly despicable, bungling, idiotic, pig-headed, fascist, <laughs> raving, Nazi, yes, bastard! Mr Yardley, please. I'm sorry. S sorry. Uh, Thank you. Sorry. Mm. sorry. Plenty of time for that later. Yes, of course. <laughs> and I'm afraid we do have to leave you there because I believe we are finally ready. Here comes the by-election. Here comes the by-election. Here comes the by-election result. Here it comes. That by-election result. We've all been waiting for. Here it comes. So they say. Any minute now. Should be here. Soon. Yes, indeed. Well, we're just waiting for the abolish of the licensing laws candidate to get up on the platform. Uh, this is his fifth attempt. Uh, he's fallen off again, in fact. But I believe the returning officer is ready. Quiet, please. The returning officer calling for quiet. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. And the returning officer still calling for quiet. Quiet, please. Will someone please stop that music? And the lady mayor coming to the assistance of the returning officer by taking off his Sony Walkman. <laughs> ah, thank you very much. So here at last is the result of the thodding by election. As returning officer for the constituency of Brecken and Radnor, I hereby give notice that I've come to the wrong place, I'm afraid. So, an interesting development there, the wrong returning officer. So, while we're waiting for the right one to be found, as there will obviously be a slight delay, uh, let's turn our attention to music, and it's a chance to hear the tenth single to be released from their album, Brothers in Bricklayer's Arms. Uh, no mean feat, as there are only nine tracks on the album. Uh, here with a medley of their hit are Dire Straits, who recently joined forces with Chris Rea to form Chris Straits. <laughs> This soft, mellow music Helps to send you to sleep Ever so clever But it beats counting sheep And if you're still wide awake At the end of the epilogue Just turn on a compact disc Turn in for the night And you know Sleep like a log But sometimes we get fed up Playing with such control So just as you're nodding off We break out with some real rock and roll And back to the quiet stuff That is left by the suits Goes on in the background Never intrudes. I can make my guitar sing, make it wail, make it weep. I can do hundreds of tricks, but the aim of the licks is to make sure you drop off to sleep. Yes, I'll make sure that you sleep like. Cheers. 
And uh, welcome back with the news that during the song, the result was in fact announced. <laughs> Sorry we missed it. Uh, but, uh, we do still have the representatives from these three major parties here. First, Ray Yardley, how do Labour feel? Well, I'm disappointed, Mike. Uh, I feel we had a good candidate who put up a good show, and I do feel slightly disappointed in his final vote. Seven percent. Yes, but seven good percent. I think it's important to state, and you know, it's a bad time for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, half past eleven. <laughs> of course, it's a Tuesday, which doesn't make it any easier. Yes. Uh, and of course, as a whole, I think the constituency is lacking in the low IQ illiterate type of person who is the traditional backbone of our vote. <laughs> uh, Linda Bland, your candidate poll three percent lost his deposit and was required to personally forfeit his house and children. <laughs> You'll say, I suppose, that you had a good candidate who put up a good show. No, we had a bad candidate who put up a bad show and it's all his fault. Well, you might at least speak your mind. Um, <laughs> and finally, Sir Hugh, the conservative performance, I suppose, must count as the worst of all. Yes, I, I think there are a number of contributory factors to what some of our adversaries will doubtless claim was a poor result. Yeah. Well, you didn't get any votes. Uh, <laughs> that, that must count as a fairly major contributory factor. Oh, yes, uh, certainly that accounts in some measures for the uh, overall net figure in terms of the number of votes acquired. None. None, yes. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, I think we've come a very creditable last. So you're not downhearted in any way? Oh, no, heavens, no, no, no. I, I think we have now to uh, take stock of our situation, uh, use this as a foundation to build on, and uh, start moving on upwards again. Well, difficult to move downwards from north. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this is a good result for us, although that's exactly what it is in some ways, uh, but I, I'm just saying it, it could have been a lot worse. What, if you'd gone into minus figures, you mean? <laughs> You've got to remember, you see, that our performance is a definite improvement on the results here at the last general election. When you also got no votes. Yes, but there were more voters, so proportionally we, we lost fewer votes. And, uh, <laughs> that means things are looking up. By election special. Well, that just about uh, wraps things up for us tonight, and Sir Norman Tonsil is now well into his victory speech, uh, oblivious to the fact that he didn't actually win the seat, <laughs> and in fact polled even less than the Conservatives. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, take a final look at the computer colour graph, uh, which shows just what a complete waste of money it was buying it for a radio programme. <laughs> so instead, the results of the radioactive opinion poll conducted tonight by Nigel Pry, which shows that 36% of the electorate supported the Conservatives, 34% Labour, with 24% still preferring butter. <laughs> Radioactive was performed by Helen Atkinson Wood, Angus Deaton, Jeffrey Perkins, Philip Pope and Michael Fenton Stevens. Song by Philip Pope and Jeffrey Perkins. And the programme was written by Angus Deaton and Jeffrey Perkins with additional material by John Cantor. The producer was Paul Mayhew Archer. We would like to apologise for the fact that during that programme we omitted to announce the actual winner of the by-election. We apologise for the oversight. And now, back to Radio 4. <laughs>